Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to you about wisdom for leaders, wisdom for leaders. But before I do, I'm so excited because this week we are hosting our first roundtable of the year. It's in Plano, Texas, this Thursday, January 19th. I want to encourage you to come out for this. A couple of reasons. One, we're going to cover the four stages of ministry the four stages. Do you know what the four stages are? Do you know the questions that you have to answer to go from one stage to another? If you don't, you need to be at this roundtable. Also, we'll be talking about just some very logistical kind of things for pastors and leaders. Do you know what the law of echo is? Do you know what the law of echo tells you? Do you know what to do if the law of echo fails? Do you know where to go when that law begins to break down? All of those are the kind of things that we'll be talking about. If you want to sign up for the Plano one, it's January 19th. You can go to my webpage at geraldbrooksministries.com and you can sign up there. And then also on January 27th in the Seattle, Washington area, I want to encourage you to come. Well, let's jump into the lesson today. Wisdom for leaders. Wisdom for leaders. In the book of Proverbs, there's eight verses where the Hebrew word happy and blessed are used. So I want you to get the context. In the book of Proverbs, there's eight verses where the Hebrew word happy and blessed are used. These verses are similar to the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. You know how the Sermon on the Mount starts? Blessed is he, blessed is he, blessed is he, blessed is he. And it's Jesus just laying out foundational stones of what the kingdom of God is going to be like. Well, in the book of Proverbs, there's eight verses where God lays out what wisdom is to be in a leader's life. They are points of wisdom which bring fulfillment in your leadership journey. And as leaders, they are the guardrails keeping you on track so that you don't get off and you stay faithful to what God is doing and who God has made you to be. So I want to walk you through these eight verses, and I want to just sort of take from them a thought that I think could help you in your leadership journey. The first verse is in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, happy is the man who finds wisdom. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Now, this verse starts off with a key word. It says, happy is the man, but then it gives you the qualifier, who finds wisdom. Who finds wisdom? See, wisdom is something that you have to look for. Wisdom isn't an accident. You don't stumble onto wisdom. You don't fall into wisdom. You are searching for wisdom. And every leader has in them a desire to know more so they can do more, so they can achieve more. Well, if you're going to have that, you've got to 
find wisdom. And, and finding wisdom is this. If you're not looking for it, you will not find it. See, a lot of people go through life and it's sort of the um, idea that that things are just going to fall into their hands and that they're going to be this natural distribution of life to them. But the truth of the matter is, is that wisdom's one of those things that you have to search for. You have to be actively looking for. And see, the reason you want to search for it and look for it so you can find it is that if you're a leader and you've led to any level, you realize that you don't know everything you need to know. You don't have all the answers. You haven't embraced all the principles. Therefore, you're looking, what is it I need to know that can help me lead effectively in the future? Wisdom has to be actively pursued. It has to be actively pursued. It is rarely ever found by accident. Wisdom is something that you pursue. It's not an accident. See, life is a library, but most people never check out a book. See, you can walk into a library and you can be surrounded by wisdom. But if you don't check out a book, if you don't open a book, if you don't read a book, it doesn't matter how much wisdom surrounds you, you are going to have to pursue it and do something. So life's a library, all this information around you. But you're going to pursue it, and when you pursue it, you're going to begin to say, okay, this is the book, this is the chapter, this is the thought. Look for wisdom every day. If you're going to be a high-functioning leader, then you look for wisdom every day. You don't want a day that goes by that you're failing to learn something new. You don't want there to be a moment go by that you're failing to grasp something in a new and positive way. So the first thing it says, if you're going to be blessed as a leader, you're going to be happy as a leader, then you're making the pursuit of wisdom your goal, and you're going to go out of your way to find it. The next one is in Proverbs chapter 20. And in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 7, it says, The righteous man walks in integrity, and his children are blessed. Again, that Hebrew word, happy, blessed. And it says his children are blessed. But why are they blessed? A righteous man walks in integrity. Now, let me just give you the illustration. Righteousness is what God sees. Integrity is is what people see. See, you can be a good person, but if no one sees you as a good person, then what's on the inside hasn't been translated to the outside. So here's the thing. A righteous man, interior, walks in integrity, exterior. So here's what we know. Integrity is private before it's public. You're not going to do anything on the outside that you haven't processed on the inside. So it's private before it's public. 
It's inside before it's outside. It is the little things before they ever become big things. In fact, that's the whole concept of integrity. It is mastering little things so that those little things never become a big thing. See, integrity is the currency of leadership because the first question that people ask about their leader is this, can I trust you? And see, integrity is when you are living in a way that people can trust you, that they can say, if I follow you, it's not going to hurt me. If, if I take steps towards you, it's not going to cost me. Integrity is the currency of leadership because integrity creates trust and people want to know, can they believe in you? So when it comes to just being a leader that's filled with wisdom, you got to find it. Wisdom is integrity where you're living your life, that it's private before it's public, it's inside before it's outside, it's the little things before big things. You're creating an atmosphere of trust. Proverbs 28 verse 14 says this, happy is the man that feareth always. Now, this verse is talking about the fear of God, and it's talking about keeping yourself from doing things that cause trouble because there's a reference point of God. Let me take you back a few decades. A friend of mine fell into adultery. This friend who fell into adultery was a pastor. When he fell into adultery, he fell into adultery with another pastor's wife. So basically, two churches are going to be affected by the same action. Now, this is a man that I knew well. This is a man that I had spoken for. He had spoken for me. He's a man that I believed in, and I trusted. And I remember after this happened and all the casualties of the event, I looked at him and I said, I know you. I know that you know this isn't something that you do. And I said, how did we get here? I said, I'm not trying to be in any way putting down of you during a hurtful and harmful moment, but I'm just trying to learn. And I remember he looked at me. He said, Gerald, it was simple. We lost our fear of what sin could do. When he said that, I was profoundly struck. What was he saying? There's a fear factor about reverencing God, about appreciating consequences that is always to be a part of our life. See, one of the things people don't understand is that the Old Testament was about the fear of God. The New Testament is about the grace of God. But just because we live in a time of grace and consequences aren't immediate, 
it doesn't mean that there are no consequences. So, the fear of God, what does it do? It keeps us serious about the right things. And we don't get cocky. We don't begin to be arrogant and think that somehow we're untouchable. We understand that when you're a wise individual, you have appropriate fear towards God above and consequences below. The next one's Proverbs 29 and verse 18 and the C part of that verse. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. He that keepeth the law, happy is he. You know, the wisdom of God is described in a whole lot of ways. But one of those ways that it's described as as the law. And, And we sometimes don't like that because we say, well, I'm not under the law. Well, being under the law and understanding the law are two different things. See, the law are the non-negotiables in your life. These are the absolutes. They're never negotiated. They're never bargained. They are just a part of your life. And they're non-negotiables because you don't debate them. And you don't ignore them. And you don't avoid them. So when we talk about non-negotiables, we're talking about the guy who is happy is the person who understands the law. And what that references is, is I take a lot of the stress out of my life when I say that there's just non-negotiables and we're just not going to go there. We're not going to let certain things get the best of us. Because we've already settled it. Hey, that's just not somewhere I go. It's not a place that I will be. You begin to navigate through by basically saying this. Hey, some things are never on the table to be negotiated. Some things are never under the consideration of culture's changed, does that mean this has changed? You don't debate them. You don't ignore them. You don't avoid them. See, I watch people all the time who live under the stress of making decisions. And so much of the stress is they're making the same decision about the same things over and over again. And all they have to do is they need to settle at one time and just say, hey, This is the way this is going to go. This is the way this is going to be. So you've got to understand, happy is the man who keeps the law. You just say, hey, this is the way it is. You can talk to someone else. I remember watching a very, very well-respected pastor on national TV. He was asked about some very... Um, cultural things that are happening in society. And he was asked what he believed on those. And he said, well, I believe this. And someone looked at him and said, well, you know, people are going to hate you for that belief. And they're going to disagree with you. And he said, they're not disagreeing with me. They're disagreeing with God. I don't have these beliefs because 
of just me coming to a conclusion. I have these beliefs because it's what God said. And if they're frustrated, they're not frustrated with me. They're frustrated with him. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 32 is the next one. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Happy, blessed is the individual who keeps my ways. Now, this particular verse gives us another point of leadership wisdom. And basically, it uses the word keep. It's an action. And what he's saying is, live what you've learned. Just live it. Live what you've learned in life. Wisdom is the bridge between knowing and doing. When you talk to people and you say, didn't you know this? It's amazing how many people say, yeah, I knew it. But then you look at them and you say, well, why didn't you do it? Well, the truth of the matter is, is wisdom is the bridge between what you know and what you do. Wisdom shows up in your life as actions. And so you live what you've learned. So when you begin to learn truth, you make application of that truth, you apply that truth, you exercise that truth, and no longer is it a lesson, but it's a life. And most people who follow us, they don't need another lesson. They need to see it happening in our lives. They just need to look up and say, okay, I see you doing it. I get it. See, people judge us, not by the words we speak, but by the actions that we live. And as a leader, we need to be the profound individuals who take what we've learned and live it in a way that it is demonstrated clearly to others. The next one is Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 34. Blessed is the man who listens to me, waiting daily at my gates and waiting at my door. Now, this is an interesting analogy because what it's saying is a leader chooses to hang out with wisdom. A leader chooses to hang out with wisdom. We know that other places in Proverbs, it says that a wise man hangs out with wise individuals. Where you hang out and who you hang out with determine your future. And so in here, it says that blessed is the man who listens to me. They want to hear wisdom waiting daily at the gates. The gates in the Old Testament was where business was always transacted. And waiting at my door, that's the home. And so what this verse basically says, the blessed individual, the happy leader is someone who's always listening to wisdom every day. They're doing it whether they're on the street or at work or they're at home in their house. 
they make a point to hang out with wisdom. So let me ask this question. Who makes you better? Just give me a name. When you hear them, when you're around them, who makes you better? That's who you need to hang out with. Whoever stretches you, you need to hang out with. Whoever inspires you, you need to hang out with. Who is it that makes you think better and live bigger? You need to hang out with them. So blessed is the man who listens to me, waiting daily at my gates, waiting at my door. Proverbs 14, 21, and this is the B and C part of the verse. But he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Now, this is a repetitive theme in Proverbs. And it basically says this, giving is the quickest way to be happy. Giving is the quickest way to be happy. See, there's something about giving to others that comes back and enhances us. When we give, we create an environment of happiness for us. And people are always looking at this giving thing and say, well, if I give, I have less. And everything that we know about giving, biblically and even naturally now, is that giving enlarges you. It makes you bigger and it makes you better. So, happy is the man who gives to the poor. Happy is that individual. And then Proverbs 16, 20, the B part. Whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. The wise person knows where to place their security. The wise person knows where to trust. See, it says, whoever trusts. What you trust in is what your security's in. The Bible says some trust in horses, some in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Technology is not where we trust. Current fads or culture is not where we trust. We trust in a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever and changes not. All eight of these verses are just interesting because they're just filled with thoughts of what happens when you apply yourself to wisdom. But it all starts with he that findeth. If you're not looking for it, you're not going to stumble on it. If you're not looking for it, it can be all around you, but you will not find it. I pray this helps you today and I hope that you'll put yourself in some good rooms to learn. I want to invite you on January 19th in Plano, Texas, to the roundtable. And then January 27th in Seattle. Thank you so much. You can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and sign up and see all our resources. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.